Welcome to the Read Scripture Podcast. The goal of Read Scripture is to get people alone with God in His Word. For more information, visit readscripture.org. This week we read through the book of 2 Samuel, and it's all about the life of David. And when you look at his life, so much happened that it almost doesn't feel real. I, I mean, you, you go from things like David and Goliath um, to, to, to Saul and Jonathan and all the fights, all the battles, all these wars that are going on. Then you go to his sin and you see everything that happens there. And it just seems like even after he becomes king, all these things happen. And yet through it all, he has this relationship with God, like a deep, deep relationship with God. But, but in it, because he's dealing with such major things, it's very easy to almost look at him. I notice for me, like he's not real. Like he's not just like me. And, and, I, and I think about his sin. I guess this is what I got stuck on as I'm reading uh, through Second Samuel, just thinking about how evil i i mean this this time reading it through just noticing how evil his life really was um with what he did with bathsheba i mean this is this is major and yet it seems like a a part of his life a shaping part of his life but he was able to move on and i, I want to talk about this because uh I just feel like God revealed things in my own life as I read it that I thought, I bet you other people struggle with this too, where you don't totally move on from some of the sins of your past. I mean, in your head, you know, well, that's what what else is the point of the cross if I'm not forgiven for that? But you can't help but feel some of that pain, some of that guilt. And yet when I read the, the life of David, it seemed like he really did just move on. But his sin was so bad. I mean, so bad. I mean, think about this. I, I mean, he he's already, you know, in sin with, with these different women. But then he sees this other woman, a married woman. And because of his position as king, he has power. And he uses that power and says, I want her bring her to me, sleeps with her, impregnates her, and then covers it up. But even in the covering up, I just, I look at that process of, gosh, David, how could you keep going down this road where God keeps giving you a way out, you know, where he sends for Uriah and says, ah, oh, how is everything? And tries to just ask him about the battle or whatever else and go, hey, why don't you go home? I mean, all this to try to get him to be with his wife so he can just, you know, hide all of his sin. And when this man has so much integrity, like, gosh, I'm not going to go to my house when when all of my my uh, comrades, all my be- you know fellow soldiers are out there at the war. I'm not going to go home and be with my wife. I mean, here's a man of integrity. And when David hears that, wouldn't that make you sick to your stomach when you saw that type of integrity? But then he, he orders that this man go out and be killed. I mean, he totally abuses his power and murders. And, 
And and so then Nathan the pro- prophet has to confront him on all of this in, in such a in such a I don't know powerful and condemning way where where David really saw just how wicked his sin was. But I start thinking, after that, you know, he takes Bathsheba to be his wife, and I would think that every time you looked at her, wouldn't you remember what you did? How do you live with her knowing that you killed her husband to get her? And that this whole relationship was built on adultery. But somehow, through all of that, it seems like David really did recover from that, and he goes on. And, and so as I read that, I, I just, I'm just confessing to you stuff in my life where I, I haven't been good with moving on. There's still sin from the past. I, I, this is just one of my, my weaknesses, part of the evil in me. Like I'm good at taking the commands of God seriously and recognizing my guilt. And I am not good at moving on and really trusting the forgiveness of God. I let Satan get back in my head and tell me that I'm still a little bit guilty for the things of the past. And I haven't totally moved on. I'm talking about things over 30 years ago. And for a lot of you listening, there's not even a 30 years ago in your life. And I just began confessing my unbelief. Like, how did David move on, God? While I feel like 90% forgiven there's still this ounce of doubt. There's still this guilt and shame from things I did so long ago. And so I just started confessing again. I just started claiming scripture. I just started going, okay, what part of 1 John 1, 9 do I not understand? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. It's about his faithfulness his justice, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I began to just read in the New Testament about his salvation and about how he made him who knew no sin become sin on our behalf, that through him we might become the righteousness, the righteousness of God. Like, that's what God sees, this righteousness. And I just started confessing every sin I knew of. And I encourage you, some of you listening, you know what I'm talking about. You're still holding on to things. You don't feel totally pure. You aren't able to move on and do great things like David did because you're still riddled with guilt and shame. And so then I turned to Psalm 51, and I just had to read this out loud several times and, and think about every verse. Let me just read the first couple verses. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. 
according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He just says, God, have mercy on me. According to your steadfast love. See, a lot of times we, we don't feel that forgiveness because we keep looking at ourselves. We keep looking at our sin. And what David does is he goes, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. This is something we have to focus on is, is looking at God's abundant mercy according to your abundant mercy, according to your steadfast love. It's like, God, my sin is so wicked. It is so evil. What I've done is so offensive. I know your word. And so I can't claim anything on me. I can't go, okay, let me make up for it. Uh, let me be faithful for the next 20, 30 years, and maybe that will make up for it. No, nothing makes up for it. The only thing we can claim is his steadfast love and his abundant mercy. It's not like God has this shortage of mercy. It's like, God, I know I deserve this. Do you have enough mercy left to, to pour out on me, to shower me with that? Is, it, is your love steadfast enough? No, it's immeasurable. He has mercy that is abundant and his love is not like our love that's fleeting and comes and goes it's steadfast it's rock solid and what christ did on the cross was once and for all and it cleanses us and so for me i had to have a time where i just got alone with him no one else can help you with this no one else can do this for you where you come before a holy God and you just start confessing everything you can remember. And like David, you, you claim his abundant mercy and his steadfast love and his ability to wash you. And when he washes you, you'll be whiter than snow. And to plead the blood of Jesus, to trust in the blood of Jesus, and to trust in his word, despite what Satan will tell you, despite what your own flesh will tell you, despite what others will tell you, you must trust the word of God. So I just want to read Psalm 51 to you, and then give you some time alone with the Lord. But listen to these words. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. 
against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Thank you for listening to the Read Scripture podcast. Read Scripture is a collaboration between the Bible Project and Crazy Love Ministries. For more information on the Bible Project, visit jointhebibleproject.com. For more information on Crazy Love Ministries, visit crazylove.org.